Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In with your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Predmore. This week, we're chatting about true crime with our special guest, Bethany Motos. Stay tuned. Hello, hello. Hi, Steffi. What's up, Megan? Uh, today, I was reveling in our beautiful, sunny weather, yes. and I like trotted all around town not all around town but like in my little neighborhood today and it was so nice to like realize I live in a neighborhood where I can go and trot around run errands and do stuff without getting in my car it is really nice right it was nice I missed it so much yeah because your old neighborhood was just like it was the suburbs. It was, it was right yeah, off the highway. It was, it was a suburban neighborhood. Like, I mean, you could have walked around, like, literally around the houses in your neighborhood, but you couldn't have, like, walked to the coffee shop or the bank or any of the places that I know you went today. So I could have maybe walked to, like, Walgreens, but I would have Ooh, had to, Walgreens. like, go on, like, a, underneath the highway oh, and, like, <laughs> Fear for Maybe not life. the safest. Yeah, no. I, hard <laughs> fucking pass on that. Yeah, no thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I did like my little, like went and voted and then I went to the cute little bank and then I went to the coffee shop and came back home. I love that. You did quite the little loop. Look at you. Yeah. I figured I was already downtown. I had to go to the coffee shop, so. It was basically required. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would have been, you have to do your part to pour back into the local economy, so you know, of course. that means stopping by the coffee hound and getting a croissant, then it's it's what you got to do. I mean, it's like I am saving money because the croissants are enormous. They are very large. It is a value meal, basically. <laughs> <laughs> a croissant and sh- chai? There you go. The, cr- <laughs> the coffee shop version <laughs> of a value meal. Perfect. That's how they should advertise it. It's oh, a, it's seriously like a plate-sized croissant. I don't... They are pretty much as big as your head. I can still eat yeah. them in one sitting. It's fine. Everything is great, but they are... <laughs> and they're delicious. So, yes, I highly approve yes. of this life choice. And the bonus is that I got the almond one, which oh, is so good. the best one. Yes. And no one else in my house likes the almond one. So nobody <gasps> has to share. What is wrong with the people you live with? Well... I know you would say many things, but <laughs> it's fine. It's been a long 13 months. It's been a long quarantine <laughs> for Megan in her household. Uh, how are you doing? I know that you're not feeling well, but other than that. Yeah, it's been kind of a, a wackadoodle week uh, health-wise. But I, So I actually have an update for... So last week I ranted about my vaccine experience, and... That was on the episode that went live today as we are, like, recording this episode. And my mom's best friend, Sheila, texted me to tell me about this this website called vaccinefinder.org. She's a social worker. She uses it with her patients. And you go to vaccinefinder.org. You can pop in your zip code. You can choose which of the COVID vaccines you're looking for. Pop in your zip code and like how far you want to go and then search for a vaccine and it'll show you all the places in your like search um, that have it and whether it's 
And it says, like, whether it's in stock or out of stock, um, which is interesting. I don't know, like, how... And it says it's updated daily, so I would assume it's, like, fairly accurate. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I thought that was pretty handy. So she was like, if you want to give an update, then you can tell your listeners to check out vaccinefinder.org if they're not sure where to look or how to find places that have it. Um, Like it has like all of the Walgreens locations that have it, all of the, you know, the jewel, uh, the jewels that have it and places like that. So it's not just like go to, go to Walgreens, go to CVS, like shows all of the locations. Um, So yeah, there's, there's a little update off of my rant from, Last week of something, a service that is actually usable and helpful. <laughs> so that sounds so much easier than like, like I was on the Walgreens website last night and I just was like, I don't want to fill out all these things. Right. To like exactly. find out that there's no appointments anyway. Exactly. <laughs> so. so yeah, I don't know. You guys can check it out I, again. Like I, I don't know exactly. Um, and I know that based on availability, like some pharmacies, like some pharmacies have opened to everyone and some haven't yet and depending on states and locations and all that kind of stuff. So I can't speak to any of that, but um, it does seem like a pretty easy way to check. So like I just clicked on Hy-Vee, um, which is a grocery store um, here in town. Um, and it says that the Moderna is in stock and call to confirm for Pfizer or Johnson Johnson. It has their hours and then it has um the address and it has where you can check online for the appointment availability so it's a lot of information on there worth checking out you guys cool so handy tip although there's probably like you know five of us who still don't have it yet that's fine all five (laughs) i feel like i'm the last person to get the shot that's it's fine (laughs) it's fine i'll get it Whatever. It'll happen soon. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Illinois. I went on the website. So the McLean County Health Department, they had like all these website or all these um, appointment blocks. And they're in like handy yellow boxes for each day. And so last week they had like the first through the 10th. And so I was like, okay, once the weekend is over, Obviously, they will update this to show more days. Now, they have not updated it, so it has. Yeah, it seems three random. days. It has uh, the first and the second and the third still on here. Also today, still on here, and so like, I I don't know when it's gonna get updated. I'm on their like email list for updates, but I'm also one of those people who just keeps refreshing it and hopes that they'll change it without <laughs> telling me. See it. Yeah, and it seems random as to what, like, days of the week and times of day they update it. So, and I don't know if that's, like, purposeful to make it so that, like, if someone works all the time at, like, Mondays at 11, like, maybe if they do it on Thursdays at 1, that those other people have a, a chance. I don't know if it's that or if they're just so disorganized that it's just completely random. Honestly, 50-50 shot. Right. Between those two things. So it's pretty much impossible to say. If you haven't noticed that white women are obsessed with true crime, you clearly have been living under a rock. 
And since Megan and I aren't personally well versed in the true crime arena, we're joined today by one of our friends who is, as we talk about the why behind this obsession. Please welcome Bethany Motos. Hi. Bethany, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Um, I'm Bethany. I I work with Steffi's husband at a restaurant in town, um, and that's how we met. And yeah, I've lived in this town my whole life. And well, I moved away for two years and I lived in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and then I came back and I got married and just been working at a restaurant for the last four years. Plus her heart. She puts up with my husband on the days that I don't have to. Yes. <laughs> and she texts me when he misbehaves. <laughs> and he loves it. Do you know what your husband did? <laughs> Let me tell you this joke your husband told me. Right. And I'll, he'll like come home and I'll be like, I know what you did today. Like, oh, Aunt Bethany told on me. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> You're also a dog mom. That's very important. Oh, yes. Um, two dogs, Oliver and Mutsy. My favorite thing that you have done during quarantine is <laughs> you made your dogs make art by you put like paint on these little canvases, put them in plastic <laughs> like Ziploc bags and put peanut butter on top and then let the dogs lick the peanut butter off. And then what was left like where they smushed the paint around that was their painting <laughs> yeah I, I loved it <laughs> <laughs> that I found that on TikTok which is another thing that's happened during quarantine download tick yeah two of the three of us on this <laughs> so it's fine we're, we're doing fine everything is okay you guys we're yeah. making art with our dogs we're on TikTok it's fine it's, we're fine our sanity is still intact so we asked you to join us today because aside from a few tidbits here and there, Megan and I don't really take in a lot of true crime content, but I know that you, on the other hand, are definitely a fan of the genre. So mm -hmm. let's start off by when and how did you really get into true crime? I, so as a child, I guess I was always really curious and I was a middle child, so I wasn't really supervised <laughs> and... <laughs> Um, I would stumble upon like documentaries on TV and they would, it would just like grab my interest. <laughs> and you were like, hmm. <laughs> uh, I know you listen to a lot of podcasts. What are a couple of your favorites? Um, my favorites are, um, I like my favorite murder is like one of the ones I listen to every week. Um, and True Crime Garage is good. Crime Junkie. Um, that's about it. And sometimes I'll listen to like certain episodes of different ones if it's like a case I'm interested in. My favorite thing about you is that sometimes you just randomly text me <laughs> tidbits about serial killers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
And what was it? I think the one time I actually had a tidbit that you didn't know, and I was like really excited. <laughs> I think it was about Jeffrey Dahmer. It was because I listened to the Jeffrey Dahmer episode of uh, You're Wrong About, and I was mm-hmm. like, Did you know? <laughs> and you were like, oh, I didn't know that. And I was like, I feel so special. I knew yeah. something you didn't about a serial killer. <laughs> well, like, yeah, the main stereotype about Jeffrey Dahmer is that he eats people. Or eight people. And I guess he only ate, like, one person. Or tried. I I don't know. (laughs) I mean... Does it really matter how many? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess it kind of changes the perception of, like, he eats everybody to, like, he ate somebody's thigh one time. (laughs) Yes. Not that it makes it better. (laughs) But... I am curious about what documentaries you watched as a child that were <laughs> true crime related. Um, I, I stumbled upon one about Ted Bundy. Like, because we had cable as a kid, so like we would have, I don't know if investigation discovery was a thing back then, probably not, but whatever, maybe A&E had a bunch of like documentaries on it at one point. And I was like, ooh, this looks interesting. <laughs> and it was <laughs> so normal things for a kid I also like wonder because like how old would you have been um probably like too young probably 12 or something maybe okay. 10 yeah so at least you were a little you were like past the age where you would have been like drawing pictures for class yeah where your teacher would be like um we have some concerns <laughs> about Bethany's uh, drawings. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, okay. So one of the things that we wanted to talk about, so white women are like super obsessed with mm-hmm. true crime and obviously not all white women because <laughs> you guys, cause we're like, whatever. Um, and I have other white women friends who are like, Meh, whatever. And I also have friends who do not fall under the category of white female, cis female, who are interested in true crime. But mm-hmm. um, I did some, I pulled some articles and it was really interesting um, because there's been a lot of like kind of research into the fact that it does seem like white females are the ones that are the most interested in true crime. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some different thoughts about why that is, but I'm just wondering if you have some like thoughts about that as someone who takes in the genre a lot yeah um I I think it's mostly women in general just um maybe like men aren't so like upfront about it because that would be kind of creepy if a man was obsessed with murder <laughs> um, Fair. <laughs> but like my dad is and like I think I also think it's kind of like genetic because my dad is like really into that stuff and like he'll like be like guess what I learned today and I'd be like oh and then my mom's like what is happening but um What's wrong with my family <laughs> yeah so I think that maybe men aren't as like um you know upfront about it because it could be kind of creepy and women. Like, for me, I like learning about it because, like, I feel like it's a way I could be like, okay, what would I do in this situation? Like, how would I survive? 
and it just kind of like helps your anxiety that way because the world's a scary place (laughs) yeah so yeah yeah because i mean most of the victims are female Mm -hmm. most serial killer victims are female so i mean it makes sense that you'd be like okay can i get inside the mind of this person and figure out like what they did how they did it why they did it so i can avoid this Mm mm-hmm I'm surprised my anxiety hasn't gone down that road yet, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's interesting because I think, I mean, a lot of the articles that we looked at ahead of this recording actually basically back that up. Um, it's kind of like a, a self-protection kind of thing, I guess, where you just think like if you get into that situation, you can protect yourself. Uh, it's a good thing that you have not gone down that rabbit hole. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I don't think I've I have out. watched... I've watched some true crime stuff, not a ton of it, but I think there was one that I was watching. I think it maybe it might have been the I'll Be Gone in the Dark one uh-huh. that was recently on, and I think maybe I told Steffi I was watching it, and I was like, you shouldn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that like if she watched it, she would just be like texting me at 2 a.m. and be like, I can't sleep because someone's going to come get me. Someone's going to come murder me. <laughs> Yeah, I can't, mm-mm, no, my brain does not handle that stuff well, so, <laughs> it's like, I can, I was able to read Devil in the White City because it happened so long ago, <laughs> and I was like, it's fine, I can read about serial killers that happened, like, a century ago, but I can't read it about anything that happened in, like, the last 50 years, because then my brain is like, oh my god, I'm gonna get murdered. <laughs> well, that one's kind of cushioned with, like, architecture history. stuff and yeah, yeah. history it's like, we're gonna freak you out with how completely deranged this human being was and then we're gonna talk about like the ferris wheel for a while <laughs> yeah <laughs> i started reading that book and i like was getting bored with the architecture part i was like maybe i'll skip over this but maybe then I'll i just go to the killer parts <laughs> so yeah <laughs> so one of the things that the article's all kind of talk about is that one of the reasons why white women are so interested in true crime is because for the most part the people portrayed the victims portrayed in podcasts and these documentaries and books and all those things are all middle class white women Mm -hmm. do you think that is the reason why you not me not you in particular but the reason why people are drawn to it because that's they definitely see themselves in those situations uh yeah that could be part of it um one of the reasons i like my favorite murder is because they talk about all kinds of cases like and bring awareness to some of the cases where police would have deemed the victim as like high risk lifestyle or like sex workers um and I don't. I find that interesting because those stories do need to be told. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I found it. I found a statistic um, in this one of the articles that I read said a recent study found that between 1979 and 2009, 22 percent of confirmed serial killer victims were sex workers. This number jumped to 43 percent over the last decade. Considering that less than 1% of the American population is in sex work, it's clear that something isn't right. Um, so, it, yeah, it is interesting that I think so many of the, like, famous, like, 
famous serial killer stories that we hear about are middle-class white women, but that's not necessarily the majority. It seems that that's not necessarily the majority of the victims. Mm -hmm. And so clearly there's a lot of stories that are just being swept under the rug because I think so many people are like, well, they were a sex worker. They like had it coming to them, which is absolutely not okay. It's like not just not an okay way to think about it. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think there's definitely, and I mean, the, the article kind of went on to talk about that, like, with, when you don't give victims proper respect, you're just kind of just celebrating the killer, which I thought was a really interesting, which was, I thought a really like poignant statement Mm -hmm. because there are so many, I think there are a lot of shows and movies and like just pieces of media that do kind of uh, glamorize the killers, right? A little bit, mm-hmm. which is yeah. I think I think a lot of that has to do with people want to know the reason why the person did what they did, right? I'm like into the psychology of it and stuff, but also like it's important to learn about the victims too. Um, That's one of the things that really bothered me about Serial, actually. Um, whether or not he was guilty mm-hmm. uh, is that they didn't really talk about the victim that much. Like, I know this. I know the focus of the story was more about his his trial and all of that. But um, like, she was still murdered, whether or not he did it, and. It really disappointed me that they never really, like, talked about her as much as they would, as much as they should, in my opinion. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think there's a fine line, right? There's, like, a fine line between let's understand the psychology of what makes somebody do these horrific things and then also portraying it in a way that sort of, like, almost romanticizes them. Right. And, like, the things that they did and, like, glamorizes it. Like, I think there's a very a very fine line that a lot of media doesn't really get that nuance between that. Mm-hmm. Did Is, either one of you read uh, In Cold Blood? No. I started it and then never finished it. So I had to read it for college uh, for one of my journalism classes. And um, it's it's kind of credited as being one of the first true crime Mm -hmm. books, I suppose. But it's really interesting that you brought up, like, the romanticizing of it. Because part of the thing about In Cold Blood was that Truman Capote, like, kind of fell in love with one of the guys that was a murderer. As he Ooh. was like researching for this book, so um, I did not. Yeah, know I think that. it can be kind of like a dangerous thing for the people behind the like behind the researching and behind like the making of these documentaries. Uh, you just get kind of caught up in the the psychological aspects of these people, and like um, it makes me think of like all the people that have been tricked by these murderers, basically. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the articles that I pulled were also talking about like the essentially like the whiteness of 
the genre um, and you know how it's marketed to white women and stuff, which we which we've talked a little bit about. But it was interesting because multiple of the articles um, were actually mentioned a man named uh, Samuel Little, who it's apparently was is like one of the most prolific murderers in American history. He credits himself with ninety three victims, um, but he remains relatively unknown um, because. And there's a lot of like questioning if that's because um, many of his alleged victims were black women. Um, and so if that's like kind of why it's remained under their cultural radar. So I'm actually curious, Bethany, if you have heard of him before like we started researching for the podcast. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know much about him, but I did know that he um, has killed a lot of people. And yeah, he just like recently died. And I think there was like, I read a news article about him and I was like, oh, interesting. Um, I also, th- I, I don't know if he killed sex workers, which is like another, probably another reason. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I had never, I had never heard, of, I mean, again, like, <laughs> it's not like I'm like really into this, but um, I at least like many of the super prolific serial killers, like I at least know their, know of their names, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had never heard of him before. Um, so I did think that that was, that was kind of interesting um, because I mean, that indicates that like someone who's really into this genre might have known about him. Um, but even like with you being really immersed in it, like you still, it sounds like you still haven't heard a ton mm-hmm. or like read a ton. Um, so I just find that, I find that interesting because it, it sounds like he would be a really interesting, like that would be a really interesting case to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, so Netflix, get on that documentary. <laughs> yeah. It seems like from some of the articles that talked about him is that they didn't believe that he did any of it or maybe not all of it yeah there was a lot that's of like part of it too the alleged victims and i'm like i mean he says he killed 93 people like i don't know seems i mean i think they have to say alleged because if he was never tried for yeah. them yeah but also it does it definitely sounded like they were just like he didn't murder them which is odd <laughs> but i guess i mean i don't know if there's if people are working on the cold case or anything like that but um I, it's that uh, makes me wonder how many other serial killers are out there that are kind of being dismissed. <laughs> right. I'm sure there's, yeah. It is really interesting. I mean, you know, if you watch any like fictionalized like crime show, they would have you believe that there are serial killers everywhere. <laughs> So, which, the, weirdly, I can watch those shows. I'm fine watching those. Killers are everywhere shows? But yeah, I, that's <laughs> totally fine. I can watch, like, Bones. I can watch, you oh, know, yeah. Law and Order. I can watch, like, all that shit. I cannot actually watch what's about actual. <laughs> it's funny because there was, I can't, there was an episode of something that was basically based off of, like, John Wayne Gacy. And that did, that episode did freak me out and, like, give me nightmares. But... I mean, I maybe it was part. You like you like to be able to divorce reality a little bit more. I guess so, and also like not crime. Also, maybe not have the serial killers be clowns because I'm already Ugh. scared of clowns. Oh so, no! Oh, yeah. It's Please just, no. Just too much. It's way too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, he's so I creepy. <laughs> so, so creepy. Um, I, okay, this is absolutely a rabbit hole, but <laughs> I am now, I don't, can't remember what I just Googled that made me think of this. So there's, there, so you read Devil in the White City, and I'm having a hard time remembering the name of the guy. H.H. The H. Holmes? Yes. Mm-hmm. So some people think that he was Jack the Ripper. It's possible. There's lots of people that could have been Jack the Ripper. Tell us your theories, Bethany. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> You're like, um, put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually went on a ghost tour in St. Louis that your husband suggested. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. And they talked about some guy. I cannot remember his name right now. But that was pretty convincing that he was Jack the Ripper. I think that is wild. I think it's wild that we're still trying to figure out who Jack the Ripper was. Mm-hmm. So I haven't read this book, even though like 5,000 people have told me to read it. <laughs> um, but for our listeners as well, could you like do a brief overview of the book and why people might think that other people are Jack the Ripper? Because Jack um, the Ripper was in England, mm-hmm. so yes. there's, like, that whole part of it. But can you just do, like, a brief recap of what happens in Devil in the White City? Did did H. H. Holmes go to London? I don't... Well, by my recollection, it's been a couple of years since I read the book. Mm-hmm. He sort of appeared out of nowhere. Okay. Like, if I'm, I'm trying to remember that he just he like, sort of, like, appeared as a grown-ass person. <laughs> and, like, they couldn't figure out, like, what his background really was. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's very unclear. Like, he just where, had some weird childhood. Yeah, like, yeah. it was unclear, like, really. Like, he said he grew up in this, like, specific area or was from this area. But there was they weren't really able to confirm or deny that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had this, like murder hotel in Chicago like he built this hotel and slash sort of like boarding house like boarding house type of hotel um and it was basically like a maze of murdery creepiness with like shoots down to like the incinerator where he would send bodies yeah there were like rooms trap doors yeah like rooms (laughs) with like random closets and like women would just disappear just regularly like disappear um and And back then everyone was like oh okay she ran away exactly yeah Yeah. and and it was all happening during the reason that it's like we talked about the book being like interlaced with like architecture and the ferris wheel and stuff is (laughs) because a lot of this was happening during the world's fair in chicago and they think that that's like when he I can't remember if that's either when he got caught or when he like did a um, lot of his killings yeah he because so many people were coming to Chicago he would like lure them somehow and kill them yeah um and so then so they they sort of interlace the story of the world's fair with like the story of H.H. H. Holmes like in this book um so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's creepy. They mm-hmm. literally call, they literally, like, refer to the uh, hotel that he had. The, they call it the murder castle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they told, yes. like, afterwards, they totally just, like, bulldoze that whole block. 
and yeah. yeah. Because it was, like, too connected to all the creepy murders <laughs> and such. So, um, but, like, I think there was something about, like, the way that he went about it that, um, and just the fact that he sort of, like, came out of mm-hmm. nowhere. He just sort of, like, appeared out of nowhere. And he, um, was, a, he was a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like, back then you could be a doctor just by saying you're a doctor. But... <laughs> <laughs> Like, I think I want to be a doctor today. It's fine. Um, yeah, because they, they, they know that, like, with Jack the Ripper, like, they assume that he had some, like, surgical background. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's a lot of kind of the reasons why they think that H.A. Holmes could have been Jack the Ripper. Um, he just like popped on over, popped on over here and just kept on doing his thing, um, in his murder castle. Um, but I do think it's, I do think it's fascinating that, you know, Jack the Ripper, like all of those murders happened like in 1888 or whatever. And that we're still over a hundred years later, like, Mm -hmm. who is Jack the Ripper? Yeah. As if he's still alive or something. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I find, I find that like very interesting, Mm -hmm. but that's about as, that's about as a recent as of serial killers as I can actually research because. (laughs) And like, I, (laughs) I cannot stand like unsolved murders. I mean, like, Obviously, I'm going to, like, read about them and stuff, but... <laughs> Obviously, just, she's guess... going to watch every episode of Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> it just makes me so mad. Like, um, like the John Benet Ramsey case could have easily been solved if the police had not been so... Uh, I don't know. They just, like, let the parents do whatever they wanted, and, like, they invited friends over to help them look for John Binet and like contaminated the crime scene and yeah so many things could have been solved well I mean I think I've gotten that from listening to too many episodes of you're wrong about of just <laughs> how many because they talk about a lot of I mean they talk about a few like prolific killers on that show occasionally um but they also talk about a lot of like isolated crimes and basically just like how badly the cops fucked up Mm -hmm. and like if the cops had just done like followed protocol and done what they were supposed to do then it would have been like they it would have been fine like with jeffrey dahmer even it was basically like he actually had two victims get away because he was caught by a victim getting away but he had somebody else that got away Mm -hmm. and and then he like convinced them that they were in a in a relationship yeah like and just having a little disturbance encountered the cops and the cops were like huh that's weird this guy is like wandering around the streets like naked and jeffrey dahmer was like oh yeah we're in a relationship he's my boyfriend they're like huh i don't know gay people fine (laughs) and like let him take him up and then he killed him Mm mm-hmm so he like he could have been caught so much earlier if the cops hadn't just like disregarded him and like I don't know gay people or that's I don't we don't want to mess with that like I don't know it's just kind of amazing to me in a totally terrible way like 
what the fuck? <laughs> I think that's interesting because uh, one of the articles mentions about how in a lot of the troop crime genre, mostly in the documentaries, I think, it's like really pro police mm-hmm. yeah pro pro law enforcement and everything when like like you just said like they're the ones a lot of the time who have made it really difficult for the perpetrator to get caught yeah mm-hmm. i also wonder if that's why um a lot of like why maybe white females are most likely to listen to a lot of these things because I mean, we have been taught from a very young age, like, we can trust the cops. Like, oh, mm-hmm. if you're ever in danger, you should go to the cops. Like, you should find a police officer. Like, they're a safe person, blah, blah, blah. And so many communities of color, that is not the message um, because that's not the case for them. It's not, they're not safe. Um, so, I and I think that is, I mean, that is also why the stuff that I do listen to, like, you're wrong about i like because they're like yeah the cops really fucked up like they (laughs) are not like there needs to be some like major fixes happening here because they majorly fucked this up um so i yeah i find that i do find that an interesting contrast of like if the cops had done this differently this Mm -hmm. all of this could have been avoided Yet we're like, oh yay, the cops caught him! Mm-hmm. Hooray, law enforcement! <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a sexy cop? <laughs> I think that also is really in- illustrated with the um, whole Golden State Killer case, where like the cops fucked it up for years, basically, mm-hmm. and then like random people on the internet solved the crime, <laughs> basically, mm-hmm. which is like. Mm, I mean, I guess they had a lot of free time, but also, like, should they have had to be the ones? Right, exactly. Right. Probably not. This and he probably- and the Golden State Killer was a cop. So Yes. So then it, yeah. like, is even, there's even more of it. Like, just, I don't know. I just, I do have a hard time with that, like, oh, we're just going to romanticize the police. Like, it's like they're romanticizing the police, but they're also, like, romanticizing the fact that the killers are outsmarting the police. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a very interesting... It's almost like... I don't know. I'm too. I'm of two minds about true crime in general because I feel like... And not just true crime content, but like news articles that talk about the killers and what they do because on the one hand, I see like the... I, want to be informed side of it and then on the other hand i'm like but are you like telling other potential murderers things you could do (laughs) right are you giving them tips what (laughs) right like ah yes this is how you can evade the cops for years (laughs) (laughs) there's a little yeah that is an interesting an interesting uh thought there yeah (laughs) Bethany, okay, yes. so you talked about how you like to listen to this stuff and read this stuff because you feel like, okay, if I'm ever in a dangerous situation, I'm going to know what to do. Mm-hmm. What's your top thing if you're ever in a creepy God. situation that you're going to do? I don't, like, run? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Not be like the people in, like, 
horror movies that yeah. are like, oh no, I think it's a killer. <laughs> I should stand right here out I'm going to run up field. the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, like Ted Bundy got all of his victims by um, faking an injury. Like he had a broken arm or something and like would drop books or like be like, hey, I need help attaching my boat to my car. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not going to help people, <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, maybe not go alone to help this person in case they murder me or something. That's, I mean, it's probably a pretty smart. (laughs) Basically just stranger danger. (laughs) Don't be too trusting. Yeah, yeah. Don't be a Midwesterner and be overly trusting (laughs) because it might get you killed. Right. Can we, can we also lump, like, just don't talk to your neighbors into that? Yes. I'd be fine with that. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) (laughs) I have a very, very small number of neighbors I'm okay with talking to, and the rest, no thank you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, so if anybody, so, you know, you mentioned a few podcasts at the top of the show, but... Um, if anybody listening, like, hasn't really listened to a lot of true crime, but, like, thinks they might be kind of interested in listening to more, what are your top, and it doesn't just have to be podcasts, it could be books or, uh, shows or, like, documentaries, whatever, what are the top, like, pieces of media you think that they should, um, look into? I, I, I really like My Favorite Murder, because it's... It's two girls, and they kind of, like, feel like your best friend, and it sounds, it's like a true crime comedy podcast, but they're not joking about the crime. They, like, they just have a dark sense of humor, which I have, um, and so, like, they'll, like, say jokes to lighten the mood, but I don't know. It's fun. Oh, we never do that. No. (laughs) Um. Never say anything inappropriate. (laughs) Um, and then... I I really like um, Mind Hunter on Netflix. It's um, it's more fictionalized, but it's also got real serial killers in it. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Is that the one with Jonathan Groff? Yes. And like, if you close your eyes, it's it, like. But I couldn't get into it. <laughs> yeah, it's like Kristoff is interviewing serial killers. It's <laughs> I love it. <laughs> And you're like, can you do the Sven voice, please? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I like that. Um, I don't, yeah. And True Crime Garage is interesting because it's just two dudes drinking in their garage talking about murder. <laughs> uh, I like that. I like that concept. <laughs> We should add drinking to our podcast. You should. Why have we not? (laughs) What is wrong with us? Could get wild towards the end. I definitely had one day where I was going to take an edible and I was like, oh shit, we're podcasting later. I probably shouldn't do that. How about that could be like your, one of your episodes? In retrospect, I should have. (laughs) I just should have done it. Seen what happened. Fine. I mean, we are planning on partaking in some treats for Megan's birthday and watching the movie Cats. Why? Okay. <laughs> if you're going to watch Cats, I mean. Yeah. We definitely, well, because we, we had a movie night one night and we were like trying to decide what to watch 
and it cats was on the table and i was like i think we need to be high to watch this movie and so (laughs) that's what we're gonna do um i wanted to ask if you had watched uh oh i can't remember the name of it now um so there was a documentary but then there was also like a really short series and it was the one that was like the munchausen by proxy oh story yeah the documentary was mommy dead and dearest and I yes. don't, I don't know the Hulu one. I and, can't remember the name of it. But did you watch? Did you I, watch just the documentary? Or did you? Yes. Watch both? Yeah, I did. Watch the documentary. Rose, yes. Okay. Yes. 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 That I did watch. That's the <laughs> well, kind that's, of true crime ones that I like. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and then uh, to go off the Munchausens by proxy, I watched Sharp Objects on HBO. Yes. Because, I don't know, it's just so interesting how you could just, like, keep making someone sick just to take care of them and get attention. Yeah, and there was also another show that was that came out recently that is also Munchausen by Proxy, and I cannot... It's either a show or a movie, but I don't remember the name of that one either, but um, I don't know if they were... If, I mean, I know Sharp Objects was a book, mm-hmm. so I don't know if the newer one was made because of the sudden like weird rise in popularity of the topic i guess (laughs) probably um i think that's definitely like that is a super interesting one to look at like psychological aspect of that isn't um it's more of that one's definitely more psychological and not straight up like murder Mm -hmm. in a way that like makes me feel super uncomfortable yeah i think the murder only happened because she figured out what was happening and she she, like, wanted to get out of the yeah. grip of her mom, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just Googled it. The Hulu, uh, se- like, mini series or whatever about Gypsy Rose Blanchard was the act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I did watch that. Um, and then fell down many a research rabbit hole while watching it. Because um, I was like, what? Um yeah, I don't know. There's something about that. That I was fine because I think I was like, well, I'm not being Munchausen and I'm not going to Munchausen anyone. I don't know what the <laughs> proper verb is there, but I was like, I can watch this. It's fine. Whereas like the murder, like the, the serial killer stuff, I'm like, I don't know. That could actually happen to me. So right. um, the, yeah. uh, the new one is uh, called Run. And it has um, Sarah Paulson in it. Oh, right. What's it on? Is it? It's on Hulu. Okay. So, I don't know why it's also on Hulu, but yeah, it's interesting. It's kind of basically the same kind of, uh, it seems like the same kind of thing where, with both Sharp Objects and the Gypsy Rose story, where it's the mother with, doing stuff to her daughter. Creepy. Mm-hmm. Creep, yeah. Creepy. Yeah. Well, now that we have fully creeped everyone out. Yeah. <laughs> Bethany, thank you for joining us. As Thanks we for having me. kind of went down this weird little rabbit hole. <laughs> um, but I've just been really fascinated by, I think I've been fascinated by the fascination in true mm-hmm. crimes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that we could, glad that I could chat about this. But now that yeah, this is fun. Freaked everyone out. Let's, let's 
bring it up a little bit. Let's talk about joy. <laughs> uh, what's bringing you joy this week, Bethany? Um, the weather has been amazing. Yeah. Really nice. yeah. Like, I'm one of those people that are like, oh, I should get outside, but then I don't. But, you know, walking to my car <laughs> has been friends. nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd rather stay in. You would rather stay in. Yeah. Yeah, it's been beautiful. Uh, I'm, like, been really annoyed. I haven't felt really very good this week, so I, like, haven't really taken advantage of it but I didn't mm-hmm. send Alex to the park with the baby I was like take her to the park go swing and then he was like it's hot and I was like I don't care go anyway I mean if you did not wear 16 layers Alex you'd probably be less you know, hot but. he wears a lot of layers he wears a lot of like for someone who's always talking about how hot he is I'm like take off take off a flannel my butt my dude I don't really know I don't really know how to help you God bless him <laughs> God bless him. Uh, Megan, what's bringing you joy? Um, similarly along that line of the weather being great, um, it was like almost 80 degrees here today, yeah. which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, only apparently nine degrees off of what it was in Texas in my old town. Uh, but it didn't feel like I was dying like it does in Texas. <laughs> so we hot. still win. Right. Um, so on Saturday, we spent a lot of the day outside. Uh, and we decided to walk to a restaurant downtown and we ate outside on a patio at a restaurant for the first time in like a thousand years. Uh, and it was great. I love it that. was windy, but it was great <laughs> to like have someone bring me food oh, and sit at a table. It so was luxurious, cool. isn't it? I know. And then my kids were, they're so funny because they clearly have not been to a restaurant in a while, but they were both like, they picked out what they were going to order. And then the guy came to like take our drink orders and they took the drink orders and then they left. And the kids were like, I, I bet I was ready to order. I was all right. I had my things. I was ready to order. And I'm like, you get the drink order first. And they're like, but I was ready to order. <laughs> They've forgotten how it works. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because we've only been, like, we ate, we ate out at a patio uh, in August, I believe. August or September, like, right after, either it was either when we were visiting or right after we moved. Mm-hmm. And then I ate at a restaurant inside twice. And then this time on Saturday. So that's like all I've done <laughs> for like 13 months. So it was very weird, but it was very nice to have someone bring me my iced tea. They bring you your iced tea and they take your iced tea away and they wash the glass for you. Well, they give you plastic glasses, but. Whatever. It's close enough. Eventually you don't have to we'll wash have anything. real glasses. <laughs> you don't have to wash any dishes. <laughs> That's right. And that's the amazing part. That's like the best. It's the best part. Yes. I like being able to just be like, hello, I would like this food. And it appears. But I also really appreciate that I don't have to clean up any of the dishes. Mm-hmm. Bethany and I were texting the other day about how like, yes, you can get the carry out, but you have to like assemble it. Yeah. And I don't like plastic cutlery. So I don't use like the takeout cutlery. I use my own. Yes. And then, and then it's a waste. Yeah, and so I just we just have piles of plastic forks in our drawers, um, 
And then like also I don't we don't get takeout drinks, so then we still have to pour our drinks and still a lot of homework involved with getting takeout. Yeah. That is not involved when you get to eat at a restaurant. I hope that the takeaway for everyone not the people on this call because I know the people are on the on this episode because I know the people I'm talking to right now. But I hope the takeaway <laughs> for everybody else after this is that you should really tip well. Oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Tip extra generously because of all the things that your servers and bartenders and backwaiters and all of those folks do for you when you are eating out at a restaurant. So uh, be generous. Yes. Yes. If you can't afford to tip well, you can't afford to go to a restaurant. Amen. Yep. The end. <laughs> Steffi, what's bringing you joy? Uh, I voted today. Yay, oh, voting. Me too. Yay voted for mayor hoping that we don't have another old white dude and yeah that's that's where i'm at i voted and i felt like i had my voice heard we briefly discussed before we started uh recording that they were very excited about the turnout for the election today and so i looked up what the count was and it's about 12 percent. but they're very excited about that 12 percent <laughs> and i was like oh so excited. Well, I mean, I guess we have our voices heard, but now I'm like, well, how can we get more than 12% of the people to vote? It's fine. Uh, we'll figure it out. I mean, I mean, I just feel like advertising it better mm-hmm. might help, but it's, you know, well, yes, that is true. But also like my family, like we don't get the newspaper. Right. And we don't watch tv news so i actually don't know how we would have found out about the election if we had not seen some lawn signs and you hadn't texted me some links thank you to the lawn sign people (laughs) (laughs) because i was like oh shit i'm seeing a lot of lawn signs that election must be coming something's happening (laughs) thank you to adrienne across the street for your lawn sign (laughs) (laughs) you made me aware anyway <laughs> bless our hearts there's only you know what's it it's there's only a few 16 months until you know the next midterms so got that to look forward to with all the advertising you'll see for that oh so. god right can we do can we <laughs> can we like cut down on the advertising on some elections and like boost it on others so that we know it's happening it's you right. know it's fine balance is you know it is it's fine <laughs> i mean maybe 12 percent is great i actually don't know if 12 percent is a great percentage for a local election i have a feeling i'm that happy it's higher than zero uh, but no percent yeah i have a feeling you're yeah. gonna end up researching this and this will be your rabbit hole for the week we'll do elections part two elections at some point two. local elections <laughs> actually that probably would be interesting so there you go it would be interesting wow. to us whether any of you wanted to listen to it or not. We don't care. We still might talk about it. It's fine. As you know, we just do whatever we want. So We do run this show. <laughs> <laughs> no one's paying us. It's no. fine. <laughs> well, next week we are going to just be real casual. Maybe uh, it'll be a boozy episode. Who knows? Uh, we're going to do an Ask Me Anything. That's right. So get your questions ready. 
hit us up on our Instagram email. If you've got questions for us, please let us know. In the meantime, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and listen to us on your favorite platform. You know where to find us on social media at IRSI Podcasts and our email at I'd rather stay in podcasts at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. Bye.